Welcome to Wise TV, your source for women in sports entertainment. I'm your host, Amber. Join me as we meet women from all walks of life who are making an impact both on and off the playing field. Don't forget to find us on Instagram at wisetv.2020 to find current episodes and get sneak peeks of our upcoming guests. You won't want to miss what we have coming. Hello and welcome to Wise TV Women in Sports Entertainment. I am your host, Amber, and today I am happy to have a guest with us that's going to talk to us a little bit about careers in sports and athletics. For those of you that are new to us, Wise TV is a platform that we use to create a space that highlights the careers of women in sports entertainment and provides an opportunity for women who are interested in pursuing similar careers to learn about pathways to success. Additionally, we talk about ways that you can parlay your experience as a student athlete into your professional life. So I don't want to talk too much about me. We want to learn a little bit more about our guests. So Tiffany T, thank you for joining us today. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Amber. You're so welcome. When I was thinking about women in sports and athletics, I was racking my mind to think about who would be a good person to really bring into this space. And you were right at the top of the list. So if you don't mind, would you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, So um, I am currently the director of people and culture for USA Football, which is a nonprofit um, located here in Indianapolis, Indiana, but we are a national governing body for football. And so you're probably familiar with um, USA, USA track and field, USA basketball, USA swimming, gymnastics. So we are uh, similar style organizations. Our focus is on the advancement of football. And so um, prior to that, I worked for the NCAA, where I also was in an HR um, role. So um, all about the people that work for the organizations and how I support them as we advance the mission of the organization. So excited to be here, um, have worked in the nonprofit space quite a bit. Most sports um, organizations um, that I have worked for and a lot of them that are currently available are nonprofit. Of course, they are some for profit, um, but I look forward to sharing just my, you know, my overall journey to how I even got into um, sports. Um, I am a, for lack of a better term, probably a girly girl, <laughs> the one that is, uh, you know, there are some people who love sports is their dream to just do sports forever. I really enjoy people. And so um, the way that my life journey has been, is just opened up to me to work uh, for two stations back to back. So um, sports is a dream. You know, they can talk about that for others that are interested and want to broach and just work in a different industry. I definitely don't mind talking about ways to to enter into the market there as well. I'm actually really glad you said that. That's a perfect segue into my next question because I kind of know your story, but I know that our listeners will not. So can you tell us a little bit how you ended up moving or transitioning into um, sports from what was a more traditional human resources background? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I I say it's about networking. I um, definitely um, enjoy getting to meet people and 
going into different spaces. And so I met uh, one of my former colleagues uh, through a mutual friend, and we were talking about um, learning and development and professional and career development. And at that time, the NCAA had just kind of launched a new leadership development program. Mm -hmm. And um, then an opportunity opened up and they said, I'd love for you to uh, come in and uh, help us grow our learning and development part. You know, so I I got in through through networking, networking with people and not being afraid to um, brag for a little bit about what I had done, not in a not in an arrogant way by any means, but being confident and being able to speak to my abilities. Um, but then also being open to different opportunities, you know, whether it be a lunch date or, um, you know, a group of, you know, a fundraiser, the sky is the limit. Um, I would just encourage people to always be open to those networking opportunities because sometimes when you look at specific organizations, it may look like, how would I ever get in there? You know, there's not openings, but things change all the time. Um, different, you know, businesses evolve. They're looking for diverse backgrounds. So um, always staying connected with people. Um, and LinkedIn is a great way to do that, too, even if you're not um, out, you know, given we're not out right now, but uh, socially you can connect with people. That's great. And I think it's so important that you pointed out the importance of networking and really capitalizing on those connections that you have. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, you know, we'll see where people are kind of afraid to take advantage of or really tap into those people that they have those personal connections with. And it can be just that one email or that one coffee date or that one phone call that really makes the difference in your career. Um, so I think it's really, really relevant that you pointed that out. And really also, I like that you pointed out that you were not afraid to talk about your own accomplishments and really to be proud of the work that you had done and be willing to share that with others. Um, and it's those little things, those little pieces that kind of start building those blocks that become the foundation of your next step. So thank you for sharing that. No problem. Do you feel that women are fairly represented um, in your field um, and or in your workplace? No, I don't. I think, you know, oh, if, if we're talking about human resources in particular, yes. Okay. Um, I will say in particular, Black women, um, especially now with the human resources and the diversity and inclusion umbrella, that sometimes those two become a part of one. You will see that. Um, I've had a debate with lots of my HR colleagues. It's good and it's also um, somewhat bad because when you look at your executive teams across the board, your senior level leadership, a lot of times... Um, it's not always diverse, but it's almost like we'll we'll put in the the you know black woman or the African American woman so that we can say that we've crossed a, we've checked a box. Sure. And so, looking to to see that um, HR, I feel like it is fairly dominated with mostly women, and then I would say from that there is a large group of you know, African-American women and women of color. So that, that I will say that we're represented there. So yes. Okay. What was your second question in my, um, in your own workplace, in my own workplace. So it's football. So, you know, I sure. for me, when I was asked and broached about the opportunity, I said, are they going to expect me to talk about football? 
this, you know, it's not my personal passion. And so um, a lot of people are either drawn to the sports arena. So I think that we have a growing interest from women in the in my specific workplace, um, as well as there are women who do have a passion for sports. I've seen a lot of former athletes love what sports gives to them. So Mm-hmm. If it's the team effort, it's the collaboration, it's the driven people, they like to work with people like that because what happens on the field translates into the office in some regards when you have similar style athletes. But no office would be great if everybody's an athlete or everybody has the exact same characteristics. So it's nice to have um, diversity in thought. Very good. And can you tell me what's there? Did you feel like there was a learning curve for you because you didn't necessarily have a lot of background knowledge in football, which is what your company in particular focuses on, or because you were more on the administrative side, did you not really feel that um, gap there? I do think so. I do. I think that I can, you know, as far as operations and people, that's something I can do in any field. So that's the wonderful thing about being in a human resources or being in an administrative role, whether it's finance or legal. Um, a lot of times that is you can pretty much kind of pick up and go in any field, any industry. Mm-hmm. Understanding football would have been a plus, understanding sports and their cycles and things of that sort. But in any industry, I mean, prior to working for the NCAA, I worked for Goodwill Industries where I was working in an educational division. Not a teacher, but I learned a lot about education, how teachers operate, how how principals operate. So you have to learn your subject matter no matter where you go. And if sports is the industry, learn sports. Sure. Yeah, I think that's so important. We hear a lot of one of those buzzwords that we hear a lot in job training and education is transferable skills and soft skills. But those really kind of boil down to what for many of us is the meat and potato of our positions and of our roles. It's not the black and white things. It's not the if you were a business major, the macro and microeconomics of the of the job. It's not the finance aspects of the job. It's really being able to take the the knowledge that you have and then translate that into being effective and efficient in the position that you're in. So I think that that's really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for that. If someone's considering a career in human resources, what steps would they need to take to get there? Um, if they have done the necessary coursework that helps transition, I would encourage someone to make sure they've done some internships in, you know, internships, post-grad internships, because one of the biggest things about um, HR is that people look for experience. So for me, I, my undergrad was in broadcast journalism with a minor in public relations. I went on to get my master's in business administration, concentration in human resources, um, but I did not major in HR. Mm-hmm. Friends and colleagues that actually did the whole gamut of, you know, undergrad and masters. And some could had a difficult time getting into the industry. Mm-hmm. Whereas I got in without that because I had actual experience. Um, jobs that I worked in afforded me the opportunity to transition into HR and get on the job training. 
And so I, the biggest thing I think that makes you marketable in human resources is your years and expertise of training. So be open to internships, be open to helping maybe a small nonprofit or your friend's local business, get the the skills and the experience under your belt, because um, that coupled with your education uh, makes you a viable candidate. That's awesome. That's really great and helpful. Um, That's a really good lead in to the next question that I have for you, which is if you could tell yourself something as a high school or undergraduate student, knowing what you know now and landing in the position that you're in, what would that thing or what would those things be? Oh, wow. That's a good question. I think I would have challenged myself more to do what I had just said was um, more um, you know, internships, um, externships, postgrad, I would have tried my best to get my hands on more experiences before actually learning them on the job. So sure mm-hmm. myself up with some of those experiences. Um, I think I would have focused a lot on my um, business writing. I mean, that is something that um, I think I was a pretty decent writer, undergrad and high school, um, but I took a, I accepted a position at Target and Target moves extremely fast. And so we were very forgiving of one another if you just drafted an email and had mispunctuations and things like that um, because we were moving so fast. And so now I find myself having to, in my current role, do a lot of uh, drafting of communications um, because it is a nonprofit that I, I had writers at previous companies. And so I would encourage people to make sure that you're strong and effective communication versus both verbally written and your ability to listen because um, it goes a long way. And I also would, I probably would have said um, maybe to start out with a nonprofit. I started out with Target, which was awesome, but I've heard recently a lot of new grads are working in a nonprofit space because they don't have the same amount of resources as a for-profit. So you get your hands dirty and able to touch everything, you know, in your your field. So for me, it's like as the director at a nonprofit, I do everything from, you know, benefits, employee relations to strategy. Whereas in other organizations I worked I may have done learning development, but I had a benefits person and I had a, I had someone else who was doing strategy, you know, so it was just um, nonprofit. I probably would have encouraged myself to start off with a nonprofit to start. Yeah. That's really interesting. And that's something that I would not have considered. I am not a human resources person. So those are not things that I necessarily think about. But certainly in my own professional career, I have definitely experienced spaces where um, the more resources a particular organization has available to them, of course, the more resources that are available to me, which means that some of the things can kind of be parsed out and given to other people, um, as opposed to being in a smaller organizational structure where more of the responsibility really falls to me because I'm the only one that's available to do it. So I think it's interesting. I'm sorry, go right ahead. No, exactly. I didn't mean to interrupt, but you sure up yourself in a lot of areas. And so therefore you find out what you like and then you can either take that and run with it. Or now you're, you're, to my opinion, you're a little bit more dangerous because you are well-versed. You're Mm -hmm. versed than probably the average candidate, which makes you attractive, whether you do for-profit or non-profit. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's really helpful. That's probably not 
something that I would have come up with or thought to tell someone else to do. It's one of those things that you kind of go through the motions and you know personally that you need to do that. But I think for me, that would have been very difficult to articulate. So thank you for sharing that. That's really, really um, relevant. Can you tell me what are some of the key components to success in your field? So separate from the preparation, which we've kind of talked about, but now maybe someone is actively in um, either human resources or sport, or you can certainly speak to both. What do you see as some of the key components to success? I would say community and, of course, networking. But what has been extremely helpful for me, specifically in the HR field and going through COVID, um, dealing with a team that, you know, now has really embraced the social justice um, or social injustice, um, is having someone, having a group of colleagues within my field that I can pick up the phone and ask, have you ever dealt with this? Or do you have a resource for this or for that? I'm also in a Facebook group called um, HR um, Professionals of Color. And it has been a godsend because literally we've shared templates, ideas, suggestions, resources. You don't have to go at it alone. And so when you are dealing with people, you would just be amazed from a human resources standpoint. There is never a dull moment and you never know what people are just uh, you can, I mean, the sky is the limit to what a person can do, good, bad, or indifferent. Sure. So having having some community um, has really been beneficial to me. And I think it's beneficial to everyone to have a network of people that you can lean on um, that get the work that you do. Um, I also think uh, keep your ears and eyes open, continue to network. I know as we've embraced the diversity and inclusion, um, you know, people that I had worked with previously, even people as a part of my sorority, I've made a few calls out because I'm like, hey, I need you guys. And and it's also going to be an opportunity for them to come in and facilitate in front of my team and for me to pay for their consultative services. Um, it's a win-win for, for both of us. So I think keeping the network open and alive, and a lot of that is sometimes comes from LinkedIn. Um, mm-hmm. I got my current job because I was connected with someone who thought I would be perfect for this role. And so um, don't don't let LinkedIn, don't sleep on LinkedIn. I think keep your your profile up and active and open um, and accept different positions. Send an email, you know, shoot your shot, I guess, when it comes to the connection piece of it, um, because it really um, it has fared well for me. Community and networking are key components, I think, to success, especially in the sports arena, because sometimes it's not necessarily what you know, but who you know, but people have to be able to to speak to your hard work and your ability. So uh, make sure you're connected with the right people. Um, and then sometimes raise your hand and be willing to do those stretch assignments or, or take a position that maybe um, is the best move for you um, ladder. I mean, you know, up the ladder, but maybe not necessarily pay. Sports does Mm-hmm. pay a lot in the beginning. So you have to be open to that um, if you're interested in a career in sports. Yeah, that's really important. Um, a lot of times we're really looking to find that balance between our passion and the things that we love and, you know, comfortable living and quality of life. And a lot of that is tied to pay. Um, so I think it's so important that you pointed out that sometimes the pay may not be 
necessarily commensurate with what you're seeing in corporate America, but you may have an opportunity to activate some of those passions to stay connected, you know, especially with sport to some of those things that you've really been um, in love with maybe your whole life. I'm someone that personally grew up loving football. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that may be, if I was looking at a position at your company, that may be a benefit to me because I get to stay connected to football. Whereas if it was a company that was connected more to um, baseball or basketball, I might not be as excited about that. And I might be a little bit more interested in what the tangible payoffs on that were. So I think that that's so important. Um, You mentioned LinkedIn. We are on on a digital format here. Uh, Social media certainly plays a role, I think, in all of our careers. Can you tell me about how um, potentially social media has played a part or played a role either in your position? Um, You talked a little bit about in how you got the role being connected to social media, but maybe even if there were some um, issues that you ran into or some challenges that you faced, was there a way that social media played a part in that for you? Yeah, I am very cautious of my my personal social media. So um, as far as my, that's, that's my personal life and that's what I show up. So I, I like to think if anyone was going to uh, try to get access to that, they would have to go through quite a few channels and walls. But I think as it relates to LinkedIn, that's my only kind of professional uh, connection. And Facebook, we, you know, the Facebook group that I discussed that, and I guess that's, that is, it has an approval process and you have to verify that you're in fact an HR professional. Um, LinkedIn has served, um, has served me extremely well, I think, in my professional career. Um, I, I, re- I remember being one of the early adapters to utilizing the platform. I remember a friend told me about it and there weren't that many people on it. Um, and it's since grown quite a bit. Um, but it has different opportunities where you can turn it on to the point where there's those premium services where they allow you to do a trial where you can say, hey, I'm looking for a position without like flagging it. They have different controls where you can say where we as recruiters could go in and look and see who's open and available before we even um, address them. And so during my career, when I was looking to make the next step, um, that's when um, I opened it up. I was open different opportunities. I was able to engage with executive recruiters um, and also study other people's profiles to see what success looked like. If there was a role that I was interested in, I wanted to see how that was connected um, and what I needed to do to improve. So I would say LinkedIn has just been a great um tool in my tool belt or my resource tools of resource tools that I have utilized. You can scale it up or scale it down depending on where you're at in your career. But you always want to make sure that it's active, it's functioning and that you're active. I One of the things I don't do is I do not, um, I do not post. I don't do a lot of those, that kind of social engagement. And if I'm wanting to get more of a following or want to broach into a different area, you have to be active on that social platform. Um, you can't just be an observer. And so um, that is something that it's on my to-do list to be a little bit more active in that regard. 
it's really um, intriguing to me that you pointed out something you said that you look to others who are models of success and then try to bring those things to your own profile as far as LinkedIn. Um, but, you know, we are talk about, talking about sport and that's a very similar practice to what athletes do. You know, you find those individuals that are where you want to be, that you're looking up to, and then you kind of model your practice schedule and your workouts and the things that you're doing to really build up your endurance or your strength or your cardio. You model it after those individuals so that you can be where they are. So I think it's so interesting that you said that because that's a practice that it sounds like translates um, across the board, whether you're talking about physical fitness or, um, you know, you were talking about moving toward financial success, or if you're talking about professional uh, achievements, that's a model that we can all kind of take and apply to the different aspects of our life. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I think successful people uh, take a moment to observe what success looks like and how do you, like you said, how do you emulate, how do you take it to another level? But you have to have some kind of barometer for success. You you know what? If not, you're just kind of shooting in the dark and hoping for the best. Yeah. That's great. Well, we're a little bit, we're coming to the end of our time. Um, I do have one more important question that I want to make sure that we get to. Um, This is probably the one that you've been waiting for. Can you tell us what your favorite sport and or athlete is and why? Oh, wow. Um, I truly, I do enjoy basketball. Um, I enjoy basketball because of, uh, the competitive nature of it. I I love, you know, being in the stands and it keeps you on edge. It's very suspenseful. I think, you know, um, just, you know, it can change in the blink of an eye, you know, a shot, you know, a last minute shot right before the buzzer can, can be a game changer and it's a team sport. So, um, I definitely enjoy, um, I definitely enjoy the sport of, of basketball. I, and I have to say probably a favorite um, athlete. I mean, I think there are several that I really enjoy um, Two, One, obviously Kobe Bryant, I think for multiple reasons. And I think his death has really opened my eyes to who he was off the court, as well as um, all of the different businesses and entrepreneurial you know, biz things that he invested in. So I like him and Magic Johnson for the same reason. Um, I love who, how they t- took their game and then they bridged it into something amazing off, off court. Um, and then I like, um, man, I cannot think of his name off the top of my mind. He's a football player. Cameron, is it? Hmm. Newton? Yes, Cam Newton. Yes, thank you. That is You're one that I truly enjoy because he's recently kind of coming to the news, but I admired how he how poised he was as he transitioned into the NFL and how he maintained, you know, that level of, of poise and class I saw off the court or off the field. Um, mm-hmm. and uh just didn't really didn't hear about him. He wasn't in any trouble, wasn't any scandals or anything like that. And I truly, you know, admired that. I just liked, I enjoyed watching him, his journey and his transition. And there's lots of others, but I'd probably uh, go with those three for now. 
Well, I tell you what, that is a quality top three. And I certainly second your support of Cam Newton. I was late to the game with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found him because of his fashion sense. Yeah. But yeah. And that's <laughs> another thing that he does dress unique. Yes. Yes. And that that drew my eye. And then learning a little bit more about him and his character kept my attention. So I definitely um, concur with your with your selection there. Well, Tiffany, we are right at the end of our time. I want to take the moment to really thank you for joining me. Um, this has been enlightening and educational for me, and I'm sure that our listeners will enjoy having the opportunity to hear from you as well. Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited, you know, for you and for, you know, it gets to hear and learn from my journey. Um, it's It's been a great ride and I'm looking forward to seeing what has been next and uh, anything that I have learned that I can share with others that might help make their journey just a little bit easier. I'm happy to do it. So thank you. You're very welcome. Listeners, this has been Tiffany T with Wise TV. Stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you for joining us as we featured another phenomenal woman today for Wise TV, your one-stop shop for women in sports entertainment. Don't forget to follow us online at wisetv.2020. We'll see you on the next.